From the All-Ireland Business Foundation, this is Elaine Carl bringing you AIBF Business Talk. AIBF is an independent national body tasked with enterprise development and the promotion of best-in-class businesses as business all-stars. Today, I catch up with Peter Kelly of PharmaFilter. Hospital cleanliness and safety are vital for patients, staff and visitors alike, and the PharmaFilter installation cleans hospital wastewater for reuse and converts organic materials to energy. Their innovative solutions and attention to environmental aspects make care easier, safer and much more pleasant. Thank you so much for joining me on AIBF Business Talk today, Peter. Peter, when I think of Pharma Filter, I'm not quite sure I fully understand everything you do, but I do know that, you know, from the hospital environment and setting, not only have hospitals to care for patients, but they also need to contribute to a sustainable society. And Pharma Filter is playing a huge part in this. Can you share with our listeners what exactly you do with Pharma Filter? Yeah, well, firstly, we've got to understand what the hospital do. Um, they treat people who are ill and they have to use um, medicines and uh, different, different procedures on that basis. So from the perspective of um, treatment, uh, when you are a patient in the hospital and you're taking antibiotics or any types of medicines, um, your body is, uh, is not set up to metabolize all of these uh, medicines they, uh, because of the strength. Uh, and what happens then is that it makes its way out of your system naturally, okay? And I'll describe it as just naturally <laughs> so the listeners can understand what I mean by that. Uh, so what goes in has to come out. <laughs> what goes in goes out, yes, it's very simple. And and because hospitals are dealing with, you know, there's a, you know infections and bacteria and all sorts of different things within the confines, um, it, it, it's a tough environment. Uh, so what we do at PharmaFilter is that in, in simple terms, we're an on-site uh, decontamination and purification process for waste and wastewater generated at hospitals. So, uh, and then if you take it into a very sort of, uh, let's say, Salubris type of description, uh, it's managing biological agents in the workplace. And, and then in, as a result of that, in the environment, so upstream, what we're doing is we're dealing with all the waste and wastewater from a hospital on an on-site system within the hospital. We're decontaminating the waste where it's no longer classified as healthcare risk waste when we're completed our process with it. And we're taking the wastewater or effluent uh, from the hospital before it goes to main sewer. The problem with when it goes to main sewer and then it makes its way to the uh, to the county council um, uh, municipality uh, treatment plant, uh, it's a breeding ground for bacteria. And no matter what they do at, 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 at that level, it's very, very difficult for them to control that environment. And it's happy days for, for the likes of antimicrobial resistant bacteria. And it's a, it's a, it acts as a growing media for them. Uh, and they, they multiply by eight and then they make their way into the water course. Uh, very difficult for for a waste a major wastewater treatment plant to deal with, and we now find that in our way in our water systems, in our groundwater, in our seawater, in our lake water, in our river water, we're now finding antimicrobial resistant bacteria, and this it, it's a global problem. It's just not unique to Ireland or it's not unique to the UK. It's a, it's an actually a global, a global problem and it is seen as a serious problem by the, by the WHO. Uh, and 
in the future, what you will see is that the WHO are predicting that this is the next uh, pandemic of a, of a different nature affecting how we treat people. In hospitals, they have a thing called antibiotics of the last resort. That's when you're very, very ill. Yeah, and strength, and I can imagine, that's in them. Yeah. So if your system breaks down and it's not able, you know, you have a resistance towards these 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 treatments, we have a major problem. Uh, once our penicillins break down, we have a major problem. So uh, we've, we're, we're staring down the barrel of a gun, really, at the end of the day. And we've got to do something about it. Now, there are lots of other things that you can do apart from treating it upstream. The stewardship, there's the, you know, that's not, yeah. And it's an area I really don't want to go into is prescription of drugs. Doctors and GPs and, and, and nurses and, and hospitals and consultants are very responsible people. So they know what they're doing. But on our side, uh, we are concentrated on the, man the management of waste and wastewater within a hospital, decontaminating that on site and purifying the wastewater. By decontaminating the waste, it means this is no longer healthcare risk waste being transported throughout the community and sent for incineration on that basis or sent outside our borders to be dealt with. It's dealt with on site. Uh, biologically uh, uh, and you know economically and environmentally friendly way of dealing with it but on the wastewater side we're purifying that that effluent to the point where it is you know recycled and can be used by the hospital for flushing toilets or other other means other than drinking water it's, it's not classified as drinking water but we're no longer sending a contaminated uh, load to sewer uh, and then that it, it affecting the the environment and the ecosystem there afterwards. Mm -hmm. So hospitals are responsible people. They you know they the people who run hospitals are very very responsible. They they take their job really very seriously, and they take the environment um, seriously as well. And they look at it from that perspective. So uh, they understand the issue. They understand the um, the challenges that they have on a day to day basis. And we simplify that process. So we bring a certain amount of increased health and safety within the hospital for patients, for staff, for visitors. And then outside of the hospital, then we're cleaning up, you know, the nasties that are normally making their way into the environment and then into the ecosystem there afterwards. So Pharma Filter is an on-site waste and wastewater decontamination and purification system. And it's built within the hospital grounds and that's and, the and, huge thing it's a physical structure within the hospital yeah, grounds yes yeah so it, it takes away the necessity or the need for the highly contaminated you know waste to be transported at that stage Absolutely. which is a yeah. huge a huge i suppose de-risk factor as well isn't it in the whole journey of waste yeah and that it is and then when we go back into the hospital so from from the back gate of the hospital out we you know we've tidied that up from the perspective that there's nothing tr being transported out of the hospital that's affected you know uh, that's waste uh, in infectious waste or healthcare risk waste but when we go back into the hospital and we look at how the hospital is set up because when you stand outside a hospital say you stand outside a 600 bed hospital and you look at it and you say what goes on in there and so if i was to say to anybody how, how much water would they use on a daily basis People would probably say, ah, oh, you know, it's a few thousand liters of water a day. A 600 bed hospital on average uses close to between 350 and 400 metric tons of water on an annual, on a daily basis. That's a savage amount of water. 
in Average. and out. And that's drinking water. Mm -hmm. And then it's generating quite a lot of waste on the day-to-day -day basis. And, you know, it can easily top a ton of waste without any mm -hmm. any difficulty so and it's, it's unusual waste because it's a, it's a, a lot of cellulose uh, tissue paper and it's got blood or it's got pus or it's got something it's touching a patient mm -hmm. or it's been used with a patient or used for cleaning or whatever and then there's the general waste from packaging and there's our organic waste and so forth so it's it's got a myriad of different waste streams so what we're trying to do is we simplify that waste stream there's no longer a need for buffering the waste or containment waste within the hospital in these very large bins and being moved around the hospital to a service lift and then out through the back gate onto a truck and, and taken away for, for disposal. Uh, we have a, a machine called a Tonto. If anybody is as old as I am, they'll remember <laughs> the old days, uh, Tonto on the Lone Ranger. Uh, yeah, but Tonto, Tonto, Tonto yeah, I knew I heard it somewhere. <laughs> Tondo and the Lone Ranger, uh, yeah, well, Tondo is a Portuguese word for fool. So mm. the machine takes waste and it is put into the dirty utility rooms or, this, uh, or what we call sluice rooms. It replaces the, the, the traditional bedpan washer, the stainless steel, and it's put there. So it, it shreds the waste and, and it takes all the bedpans, disposable bedpans with urine and feces in them and any other personal care items of that nature are disposed of within the machine. Sent from, through the hospital sewer pipe work, shredded to our plant. So it's transported internally through the plant. So there's no longer any transportation of waste throughout the hospital. It's disposed of there and then at ward level, shredded and sent to the waste, uh, the farmer filter plant for decontamination. Um, and the, the benefits of all of this is that it, it, there's a thing called contact moments in hospitals and they really work very hard at reducing contact moments because of cross infection mm -hmm. uh, on that basis because uh, you know it, it, its hands is, is, is the enemy here so we're reducing the contact moments on on handling waste on handling bedpans and urinals and and you know with urine and feces in them and they are infected and it's disposed of there and then. There's no more, no longer a requirement for the stainless steel bedpans to be used and so forth. In fact, a lot of hospitals are moving to disposables on a day-to-day -day basis anyway. But what we then do with that waste is, because there's a lot of organic fraction in it, uh, and we get it into the plant, we convert that to energy. Right. And that energy then runs the plant. So we, we're an, an energy neutral process from that perspective. Mm -hmm. So we're affecting the carbon footprint of the hospital in a positive way. But going back into the hospital, we've got, you know, very tidy sluice rooms and very tidy, uh, dirty utility rooms, simplified processes. Nursing loved this. They really mm -hmm. do because the system was designed by healthcare workers for healthcare. And, and basically, they, no more interaction, no more human reaction with waste from that perspective. It's gone from the ward and it's transported directly to the plant and the plant does its business there in dealing with it and decontaminating it and using you know, the organic fraction for, for energy and whatever recyclables that we can get out of it from the point of view of plastics or metals or whatever. So it's, it's, it's an enclosed circular economy of its own, of its own making. Absolutely, it completes the full loop, doesn't it? It does. It actually meets all the requirements along the way. Um, so the plant is doing its business on on, on dealing with the, the, the waste and decontaminating the waste and creating energy and then the recyclables that are de developed there afterwards. 
we simplified the process within the hospital. Contact moments have now dropped. So it's cross-infection is the big enemy. You don't want to get it when you're in a hospital. It's natural enough to get it. It's very, they really work very hard because they have microbiologists, infection control, professionals who are continuously fighting this battle because we're people. We, we you know, we're a containment, a, a container of our own nature. On the wastewater side then, because, you know, the hospital uses a lot of water and it's using water for different for different. Uh, uh, utilities as such, flushing toilets, you know, there's drink, and it's all drinking water. Everything that comes in is drinking water. They treat their water on the way in. And that's normal enough, even from the point of view of uh, the water utility company would have treated it anyway. But hospitals are very, you know, are, are, are sure footed. They make sure that everything that they deal with, you know, is a, a top quality and then makes its way to the patient's bedside. So you've flushing of toilets, you have showers, you have a lot of water being used in the hospital on a day-to-day -day basis. But when you think about it, a hospital uh, could, a 600-bed hospital could sleep in, in annually about 40,000 people. Mm -hmm. That's what they put through the beds. But people forget about the footfall. Uh, on average, it could be, yeah, well, clinics. clinics a hospital well, yeah. could run anything up to 70 clinics a day. It's They're busy places. And the point being is that they could have 200, 250,000 people walking through the door annually into the into a hospital. That's a that's a town, you know, when you think about it. Uh, and it's a, a fairly serious infrastructure. So that you can imagine there's where the 350, 400 tons of water per day can come from very, very simply on that basis, but through, through sheer volume of people. But the problem with that water then uh, is that once people are sick, and there's medicines and there's cytotoxic waste moving through. People are coming through a hospital and they're, they're being treated. Uh, you know, you cytotoxic waste, waste from cancer treatment, which is a, a, a difficult process for anybody to deal with on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, and it's hard on the system and it goes in and comes out. Um, so that makes its way into the, into the wastewater. So that wastewater becomes an effluent. You know, it's a highly contaminated effluent from that perspective. There's a lot of drugs in it. There's a lot of microbiology in it. There's a lot of other items, personal care items like mm -hmm. shaving cream, hair, you know, soaps, toothpaste. Yeah, they're all contaminants, you know, regardless of whatever you look at them. Um, and they, they, they play their role and they're moving through the hospital sewer system. So you back it up a bit and you think about a quarter of a million people mm -hmm. walking through the hospital on an annualized basis. 40,000 people a year sleeping in a hospital, up to 4,000 staff. You know, that's big stuff. It has, so, to go some, it has to go somewhere. Yeah, so it's moving out. And then traditionally, it just goes straight to sewer to the, uh, the wastewater treatment plant, uh, say Ringsend in Dublin or wherever in other cities or towns around, around the country. And it's difficult effluent to deal with. It really is because it's highly contaminated. And... Uh, the big threat is AMR. Obviously, COVID is making its way through the water system and so forth because in and out, it has to go somewhere. But this this problem that we have at AMR, antimicrobial resistant bacteria, is really, really a serious, serious problem and people really need to engage in it. So, uh, and, and to understand it and to, you know, to deal with it and to help everybody on that basis to reduce its impact in the environment because we'll have to live with it forever. You know, we don't want this to become a legacy. Uh, yeah, legacy issue. Uh, 
both in a legacy issue like we have with, uh, with with other types of materials that are been there since the early late 50s and early 60s and they're still hanging around the environment and they're their major problem today so with amr uh, that's that is the critical thing. So we're decontaminating that water, we're purifying that water. So we take that water, we're putting it through a, a, a many different steps uh, within the within the plant because the plant is specifically designed for healthcare wastewater treatment because mm-hmm. of the nature of the water, of the effluent that we're receiving from the hospital. We're dealing with it from a, a membrane reactor process through to oxidization or ozo, ozonation, I should say. Um, onto carbonization, onto carbon, and then onto UV, and then we're using other steps within the within the process to purify that water. Um, mm-hmm. now, uh, we, because the system came out of Holland and it was one of the, the original people to, to be involved in the business from the very start, we used to demonstrate this in the Netherlands, and we used to drink the water at the end, the back end of the system, all right, to demonstrate how pure it was. But the Dutch water board said, no, you can't do this because you're not a water utility company. Um, such was the confidence in the quality of the water, so we don't drink it anymore. But the point being is that that's how clean the water is. So we identify that water. Uh, we pipe it back to the hospital in a separate pipe so it can never be confused with drinking water or whatever it's completely uh, you know it's contained and then Mm -hmm. we use that for flushing our shredders the tontos because we need the water to go to move that through the sewer system and then the hospital uses it for gardening for Mm -hmm. for washing vehicles for for flushing toilets and so forth so at the moment we're at about 70 percent recycling of water uh through the system back in so there's a construction the project down in the hospital, they can use that water for that as well, instead of using drinking water. And mm-hmm. what happens then is there's a, a re- reduction on the pole, on the uh, on the volume of drinking water that the hospital require on a day to day basis. It's not seventy percent because it doesn't equalize on that basis, but it reduces it by about twenty to twenty five percent on a, on a daily basis. That's quite a significant amount. Of, we engage with the hospitals, and it's generally above. 200 beds and we develop out a business case on the incumbent processes that they have uh, and the costs that they have on it uh, for for their waste and wastewater treatment uh, you know for ha- their management of waste and wastewater then we look at you know other elements within the hospital so we develop a very a very deep business case with the hospital and in most cases above 200 beds uh, we can actually supply the system and they make they save money uh, on the, on on it from that by, by swapping over from what they're doing on a day-to-day basis to working with the farmer filter system. And that's quite significant. Mm-hmm. Then on top of that, you see, uh, like all publicly funded hospitals, they're under huge pressure for capital. Capital generally goes towards um, MRI machines, uh, operating theatres, extra beds, uh, ICU beds, and so forth. So that's, that's fair enough, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, a utility like ourselves comes along our new system and they say well we don't have the money uh we we you know the budget the capital budget isn't there to deploy your system so what we do is we 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 fund it under as nice. what we call as a service uh, the whole program from planning to epa to civils to legals all the way through to construction mm-hmm. and, and and management of the system on a day-to-day basis over the period of the contract and maintenance there afterwards and we manage it throughout 
the, what we call the business case within the budget that is generated within that business case. So it's not costing the hospital any more to do this job on a day-to-day -day basis than they're normally paying anyway, a, a, a lot of other suppliers, but they're getting the benefits a, a tremendous amount of benefits are, are being accrued as a, as a result of swapping over their process or moving their process over to the to the pharma filter system and it's not costing them anymore and they don't have to put out any capital on that basis they have to put in some resourcing on the project management side yes which is normal enough but we we do the job from start to finish from putting the shovel in the ground to operating the, the system on a day-to-day -day basis so really, there's a very strong business case presented, isn't there? Then, you know, there to, to, to each to each yeah. facility. And look, you know, when, you know, from I won't say a layperson's terms, but listening here and getting a deeper understanding as to the whole system, you know, when I simplify it down, I think of the pharma filter installation. It cleans hospital wastewater for reuse, and then it converts organic materials to energy. And that's an absolute fantastic proposition, especially in today's environment. And we think of all the, you know, antimicrobial resistance and all different issues that are ending up in the, you know, in the food chain and the supply chains and all of that. Yes. And the contribution, I think, to the ecosystem there is, is fantastic alone. Um, and instead of looking at so many legacy issues, you know, further down the line, you're doing something really good about it now. So on that basis, Peter, it's no wonder that you've recently been acknowledged as AIBF's Global Innovation of the Year 2022 from the All-Ireland Business Foundation. What does this mean for the business here in Ireland and, and for you as well, Peter? Well, an accreditation from from your from 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 yourselves is a, is a, is a major step up for us because you know uh, it's it's you're publicly announcing that you know we like what you have, we see what you have, we understand what you have, and it deserves the, the accreditation there thereafter. So it brings a it brings a, a lot of credibility to our business uh, from that perspective. Uh, and we're very proud to be part of that, uh, you know, and we wear the badge of honour, uh, you know, look at us and say, look, let's take time to look at these people. What do they actually do? And to understand what we do and then to say, right, that's worth the merit of the, the you know, the accreditation and, and the award that we won uh, are being have been awarded by by yourselves. So for us, that is is fantastic but to join a, as you guys call it a tribe uh, or we are now part we are part of the tribe now which is great and uh, uh, and to have that network of other companies and other uh, expertise and 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 business people who are who are, who are forging the way in the marketplace to to network amongst ourselves and mm -hmm. to to talk to each other and to be able to be part of this overall program the and the added benefits of the program that um, that that is that is developed by yourselves. Um, I, I I couldn't speak highly enough about what you guys do. Uh, in but what it means for us, it means accreditation. It means, you know what? You're a serious business. We're taking you seriously. We know understand what you do. It's you've got something to offer here of great value. Well done. And that's that's to us is is uh, is the badge of honor. Yeah, that's fantastic. And it's great. And, and I think there's an extremely bright future here ahead of you in Ireland. And there's an awful lot more to come. But just before we wrap up, Peter, I'd like, you know, you've been the driving force literally behind behind Pharma Filter here in Ireland. What leadership lessons have you learned along the way or could you impart with our listeners from your experiences of, you know, introducing it to the system to Ireland? And obviously there's a lot of communication and negotiation and we spoke about business case. So many experiences have been, uh, have gone under your belt. What would we say maybe the top three tips that you could leave our listeners with? 
I think understanding your market is, is really very, is critical. Uh, and understanding the dynamics of the market within that and the, the limitations of your decision maker and, uh, you know, mm-hmm. especially on a public procurement process, uh, because that's what we're very involved in and, and dealing with, uh, you know, uh, that process from start to finish. Uh, and understanding the limitations of that particular market, what we learned very, very quickly, there was no money in the market uh, to, to buy our system um, because we come, we come from another market. Uh, we come from, uh, from the Netherlands where it's a different system. Uh, uh, healthcare is, is funded differently. Mm-hmm. And uh, when we, we, you know, you're a great product and you're all going ho and you're saying, that, you know, this is great. Everybody should be buying it off you. Let's go here. Mm-hmm. But the point being is you've got to really understand that every market has its own dynamics. And if you understand that and you tailor your offering to that, and it makes sense to the people that you're that you're tailoring the offering to, and your credibility uh, uh, is strong. That's very important. So bringing in the financing side was a major was a major plus for us. Uh, then taking a look uh, beyond that is the data set that you create. What are you actually selling to the market? What are you? What are, What are your benefits? And our benefits changed quite significantly along the way with COVID coming along. And uh, you know, we, nobody had ever seen a, pandem- a pandemic like this. And 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 the the benefits that we were, we were, we developed our our, our set our USPs to the hospital. Now we had COVID, and then we had the management of PPE and and so forth, which was you know it's an infectious. Uh, process from that side and the volumes that 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 created and and so forth so we learned a lot about it's changing it does Mm. change healthcare is challenged on a day-to-day basis they have a tough job really they really do you you know uh, microsoft or all these other companies can watch trends throughout the world and and say this is going to happen or that's going to happen but in healthcare they don't know what's going to walk through the door on a day-to-day basis they really have a tough tough gig so the point being is we learned a lot about pandemics we learned a lot about uh the 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 focus of the people we deal with on a day-to-day basis but we learned a critical thing on on project management uh with the hospitals and the hospitals that we're working with on uh uh, even outside of ireland and the uk Mm -hmm. is that if we can get a dedicated project manager within the hospital or uh to work on the process from start to finish it becomes quite efficient from that perspective and but because hospitals are challenged on it on a day-to-day basis mm-hmm. with uh, you know with with, with different things it's you know emergency department the staff mm. not you know not well COVID has brought that on as well it's incredible um you know the the, the hospital staff are really pushed to the brim at this moment the core yeah yeah yeah. so you learn a lot from you know the dynamics within the market space that you i i suppose really if i wrap it up in in as much understand your market space Mm -hmm. and we understand our market space learn to adapt and move with your market space and 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 make sure that your offering meets uh the requirements both uh in in the outcomes but through the whole process in developing it from start to finish, because this is quite a serious decision for a hospital mm. to take, to, to put one of these systems in, because, you know, it's uh, it's 
disruptive technology it's new technology it's a new way of dealing with things and and taking the taking everybody through that process but understanding their their modem of how they they what they want from you risk assessment risk avoidance how do i get from a to b how do i get from that process so understanding the process and the thinking mm-hmm. process, but understanding public procurement is a, is a, is a quite a yeah, So they're, they're great learnings there. And I think that for a lot of our listeners, that public procurement process, and one thing that you said that really resonated with me was that as well as understanding the decision-making limitations of the person you were dealing with. And I think that's a, that's a huge thing that everybody, no matter what business you're in, is that, you know, is if you can get through to the highest decision-maker, knowing the person you're talking about and negotiating with, knowing where their authority lies is a huge thing. And another one as well that you mentioned as well Peter is that you know having somebody dedicated project manager or dedicated to lead a particular project um, always increases the chance of success or efficiencies within that Peter uh, my my mindset has been opened up to a whole new world I think you know the whole system is absolutely phenomenal and how it goes through the whole should we say cycle um, and now when I think of hospitals I think of like not only what goes on behind the hospital doors but actually to think about everything from the flushing of a toilet to waste disposal there's a there's a whole other world out there and the innovative and disruptive view said side to your to the pharma filter system I think will really add huge benefits you know, to the healthcare settings and environments down the line when we look at, you know, the, the issues that are coming out, such as your, you know, your antimicrobial resistance and all of that and how we're contributing and pharma filter, what you're doing is helping to contribute to a much more sustainable society, I think is absolutely admirable. And I look forward to hearing a lot more. I think pharma filter is just, you know, at its infancy here in Ireland, you know, to hearing the great success stories that will come down the future. Um, and, and I can see you infiltrating the hospital systems here in Ireland and much further afield. Thank you so much for joining me, Thank Peter. You. It's been an absolute pleasure. And it's been a pleasure for myself as well. So, um, and, and thank you for giving, giving me the time to uh, promote PharmaFilter and thank you for the accreditation. And, uh, and we really appreciate it and we understand the value of it which is even for us, uh, that's, that's, a, that's a big badge of honour for us. And we wear it well, I think. Um, and we, Absolutely. Well-deserved, we, we, we well hard-earned and well-deserved, Peter. And Peter, I'm Thank sure some of, there might be some of our listeners here today that's, you know, some of what we discussed has resonated with them and maybe they might like to know more or just, you know, bounce something Absolutely. off of you. They're how how local, should they get in touch with you? Yeah, but well, it's very easy. Um, my my, my uh, email is p.kelly. Uh, at pharmafilterltd.com. Um, so pharmafilterltd is all one word, uh, .com. And then my second, I have a second international address because I'm CEO of Pharmafilter um, Group Holdings, but CCO of, um, uh, of, the, of the international group. So it's p.kelly at pharmafilter.nl. You catch me on any one of those two. Brilliant. And I'm sure you're on LinkedIn as well. So check out. Oh, Peter I am Kelly. indeed. I, 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 I'm always happy to to talk to, uh, to to anybody who wants to understand our system. And I'm always out. But I think also we, we run quite a lot of programs with students and so forth because they're our future. Uh, that's the future of, 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 you know, what we're looking at on a day to day basis. Uh, so, yes, uh, more than welcome. Anybody wants to reach thanks, out to me. Peter. And thanks, Delighted everybody, for talking. listening in today as well. Thank you. Thank you for listening to AIBF Business Talk today. I really do hope you enjoyed listening in. To find out more about the All-Ireland Business Foundation and the work that we do, especially the Business All-Stars programme, just go to www.aibf.ie. 
Remember, never put off until tomorrow what you can do today. Until next time, from your host, Elaine Carl. Goodbye.